They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Perfect Edge. I am your host, Ron Pashery, with my good friend, uh, the mouth of the bout, the heel of the face, the whole effing podcast, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. Did I miss any? You're the muscle face of the of Mad the Madness podcast. I know that. Face of the heel. I didn't say that one? You said the heel of the face. Oh, okay. So I got him. That's Eric right. Trambicki. <laughs> so do you want to get right into that? Exactly. This is a shoot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I heard your little diss, Trembicki. I didn't appreciate it. Let me tell you something. You can't be a heel if you put over all the faces on the show. Let's get down <laughs> to the real nitty-gritty here. I am the heel of this network. Understand? You're not a heel. You're a face. Face it. Wow. So, Eric Trembicki getting a lot of heat backstage with the, <laughs> with the, other, the other heels involved with the Matt Madness Podcast Network. Um, I'm the heel of this network. <laughs> I, Let me tell you one more thing. Alo, because you tried to take it. You, you, you didn't think I was going to say anything about it, but I heard it on the show. You don't put over the revival. I put over the revival. That's my team. I'm the top guy with the top guys, not you. You know what? I will give you credit. Um, you were talking about the rival before anyone else I think I've ever had on this show. So I do have to give it to you. You were on board right away with the revival. Um, we came around a little later on. I think it took a little time for that for them to win us over. Um, now there's a couple other things I know you want to get into, but real quick I have to ask because this was one of the uh, the big talking points with us in Orlando uh, for our WrestleMania trip. What was it that finally made you break down and acquire a membership? To the WWE Network, the nine ninety nine a month plus tax. Uh, I mean, typically I watch the show a day later um, mm -hmm. due to uh, the way that I view it, which we will not air. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, so it just, you know, I wanted to be up uh, on the current events of that weekend. Uh, the uh, I definitely wanted to see Angle um, and Teddy Long with the uh, the Hall of Fame, and I mm -hmm. wanted to see NXT, and I wanted to see um, <clears throat> most of WrestleMania that I could see. I typically work Sunday nights, um, so I seen most of it. I missed like three three of the matches, which I watched. Uh, uh, I watched the, the the last match. I had enough time to watch that in real time, and then you know the other two that I missed I watched uh, the next day mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to watch everything in current time and um, it was also just uh, you know I wanted to see a lot of the older material from different um, things and a lot of the content that's on there and it's much easier to just have the network and look at it at my leisure than you know trying to scramble on the internet to find the stuff <laughs> so. so it's safe to say that you were not in for just the free month you are in as the NWO, NWO would say for life uh yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a good network. It's good. Uh, it has a lot of stuff that I was looking for that I mm -hmm. wanted. Um, like I said, it's much easier than going through the internet to look for stuff. Um, and um, also, just to keep up with some of the stuff you guys do, you know, the throwback madness and things like that. And yeah. just to, um, you know, that I, I mean, it's obviously enjoyable because a lot of stuff that you did, I didn't watch it, obviously. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, now that you guys are, I have the network, I can keep up with you guys and enjoy the episodes even more. Um, so you can watch them along with us, basically. Pretty much, yeah. So, so um, yeah, just just that type of stuff. Well, it's a good reason to get the network. 
Uh, yeah, I didn't think you were ever going to crack, but it's good to know that you are. Uh, you, you've, you've taken the leap with the rest of us. Um, yeah, I, I was. I was trying to avoid giving Vince my money for uh, Raw because <laughs> of Goldberg, and I still ended up giving him some form of my money, or at least in, on May first he'll get my money. So yeah. <laughs> so he'll get he'll get some of your money, but you know what? For what you're getting for nine ninety nine a month, it's not that it's, steep a price to pay. It's a steal. Um, it's really a steal. Yeah, it really is. It's one of the best values you get on a monthly basis. I, I waste ten dollars a week on worse stuff than the WWE Network. So ten dollars a month, not breaking the bank, and you're getting a lot of content, even if some of it is substandard. Uh, but I wanted to ask you. You mentioned before we started on here that you had. A couple of things you wanted to address from our show uh, that we recorded on Wednesday night. So I'm curious, what was it that you wanted to uh, to address? Uh, well, one was Becky Lynch. I mm-hmm. think Alo said she was dressed as Pocahontas. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure she was dressed as Avatar. <laughs> um, just because you know she had the like the little braids and she had the thing across her face. I'm pretty sure it was Avatar, but you mm-hmm. know we can debate that at a later date. That's not a shoot on Alo. That's just you know. Yeah. My opinion of what I think it was. Mm-hmm. The other one was a shoot. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you're not doing another shoot on Halo. The one was enough. No. Yeah. The one was enough. Uh, and I, I think uh, uh, Josh uh, said something about the Latino wrestlers, mm-hmm. and it was intriguing when he said Sin Cara. And I think, and I, I'm pretty sure he knows this. Like there were two different ones, mm-hmm. and the first one was definitely better. Yeah. So. You know, it's easier to push a wrestler who's definitely better than you bring in another guy to play that role, and he's not as good as the first one. So, but I definitely agree with uh, with his stance on that. Um, the event posters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about wrestling ones, but I'm a huge collector of MMA and boxing ones. Mm-hmm. So I feel like those are underrated, but the wrestling ones they may be overrated. So that's a good point that you just made about MMA and boxing, because one of, one of the points we made about the posters was. Sometimes somebody's on the poster who wasn't even in the event. Uh, if you're getting a UFC poster or you're getting, you know, like a, a Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao poster or an Ali Frazier poster, those guys were there at that event. So it's not like you're not, getting a weird poster. Not always. I mean, and MMA, because some guys get hurt, there's ones. Like I have the uh, 200 one with John Jones and Cormier on mm-hmm. it. John Jones, obviously, they'll fight that one. I have, so they don't uh, update those? I guess if somebody gets hurt real soon before you can't. Yeah, it's, but, yeah, uh, it's no point. The promos are, the posters are already out and about and in places. So like I have a, like two or three that have people on them that didn't fight. I definitely have like one or two Connor ones where the person he was fighting pulled out. And, Almost um, everyone have, at Connors for a while, where the guy wasn't making it to fight night. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's tough. Like, with you know, like, but we've already talked about that before. It's tough with you know trying to cut the weight and things like that, and trying to avoid injuries sometimes. Oh yeah, and just the uh, the grueling nature of training for MMA these days. Like, it's not. It's definitely not just a sport. It's like it's a lifestyle. Like you're living, training. Like you're doing yeah. it all the time. Um, yeah, I I think some. Some fight posters are definitely underrated, but for the most part, strictly WWE, I think they're overrated. Um, yeah, I have the last three Floyd ones, too. Do you really? Yeah, the uh, uh, two of my Dino ones, and I have the uh, Birdo one. Okay, but you don't have Floyd Pacquiao. No, uh, a lot of places didn't. A lot of the places that I go to, they weren't showing that fight because you know they don't want, I guess, the pandemonium of a mm-hmm. whole lot of customers and stuff <laughs> like that on the premises. So yeah. a lot of places didn't show that publicly. Oh wow! So so people were turning away business during that fight. 
pretty much, which was very awkward. But you know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is uh, what it is. Um, so I want to get into a little bit. Obviously, it was a big weekend for WWE WrestleMania weekend that gave us the Hall of Fame. It gave us NXT Takeover Orlando. It gave us WrestleMania 33. I know Vince doesn't like to use the number, but I think they should be proud of how long this tradition has lasted. So, now I was obviously there. You were watching from home. Uh, we were in communication a little bit. Cell service in Orlando over the weekend was horrible. So I had a tough time keeping up at times. Um, but I'm curious, you know, overall, TakeOver Orlando. Now, you and I have talked before. I know I've said that I've kind of waned a little bit on NXT, and you've talked me off the ledge a few times. I'm curious if you're still feeling hopeful for NXT now and in the future, or are you starting to see a little bit of a decline? And what did you think of TakeOver as a whole? Uh, well, one on the whole WrestleMania and the number thing, mm-hmm. they print jerseys every year with the numbers on the back, so it's yeah. kind of stupid. It's it's dumb, but especially when everyone's going to wear the jersey with the number on it in a match. Yeah, and, and everyone says the number, so it's like you're not doing a good job of hiding. We all, and plus we all know. But anyways, NXT yeah. um, Takeover. Um, I thought it was good up until the Oscar Ember Moon, and not that that was a bad match. It just started. It started kind of like drift off a little bit mm-hmm. into like like uh, it's okay but um i think the first three matches are really good um i there's kind of a decline there there's room for it to to go back up if they i don't know i just feel like the remaining roster just needs to stop like hold off on taking people for a minute like i feel like you know nakamura oscar they're gonna be the, like and probably rude They'll be like the last three, like that, like they'll send up right away, like mm-hmm. within like this year. And then I feel like once those three go up, then they can really kind of start to rebuild all over again. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's my hope for it. Not to say that you know, so there's room for improvement that it can happen again. But as long as the main roster is just like picking, picking, picking people, it's gonna be hard to build people up. Um, but as far as like I said, um, you know. The, the the Oscar Amber Moon thing we could just kind of like I'll just go over that yeah. the Oscar Amber Moon thing um I felt like it was kind of whack that you know it didn't the title didn't change hands mm-hmm. but at the same time I I guess you know you got Shinsuke coming up you got Ty Dillinger coming up I mean you got to keep Bobby and Oscar there for a little bit longer I would guess just to have some names down there for people to come yeah so I mean it's cool and I think uh, it also kind of gives Ember Moon a, a proper opponent to build up against. But I felt like it was kind of like a it was it was a good match, but you know, and I hope it continues and that you know Ember Moon gets uh, more of a build and gets put over. But it was just kind of it was what it was for me personally. Um, I feel kind of the same with the Bobby Roode Shinsuke thing. Like I feel like Shinsuke should have had a better match to go out on. I feel like it was just kind of a like it was kind of it was it was decent match, but mm-hmm. it could have been a way way better. Um, and I just expected a lot more for his um his match and I'm and I'm I, I was super tired of the whole knee thing. It just that I'm tired of like I'm tired of it period. Like I'm just tired of the knee injuries being built up in matches. Like I feel yeah. like <laughs> it's just redundant and it make it, it like soon as I see it happen, I'm just like, oh, I'm turn I'm skipping. Like I don't care. Like it's it's just it's it's just pointless to me like to keep doing it. Like everyone's knee is just hurting now. Like everyone's having like some sort of like like it it, it really it, and I think it started with Sasha when you know, she was like the her whole knee thing. Like, you know, they did it with Charlotte. They did it with Nia. And it's just like, come on. Like, you guys are clearly like holding her back with this like whole leg injury thing. Like, it's just annoying. Um, 
And I kind of felt the same way with Shinsuke. Like, I felt like they, they played on that a little bit. And I felt like even though their, most of their feud has, like, been a thing since that first match, you know, like, the late thing. And I feel like it was kind of a corny way to get Bobby Roode the title. And it, it kind of dulled out the feud for me. So, basically, it's been a little, a little too much of them using the same injury story in a lot of these high-profile matches. Yeah, for, for I mean, taste. even with... Yeah, even with Seth's, like, I, I would, like, me personally, like, I'm glad he made it to Mania. I'm glad they had the match. But I feel like I would have enjoyed it more if his leg wasn't such a, a pinpoint. I I can agree with that because there have been certain times that I've been watching something happen on NXT. I've seen something happen on Raw one week, and then I see it happening on NXT the next week. And it's like, oh, yeah, you just told this story on the main roster. Now I'm seeing it NXT. Or sometimes I see it on NXT, and then I see it on the main roster two weeks later. Um, now my, my one thought on Ember Moon, and obviously you've been watching NXT weekly, whereas I haven't, so you could correct me if I'm wrong here, but one of the things that I think has, for me anyway, taken a toll on NXT is it's gotten to the point where like, we know if somebody loses the title, it's because they're about to leave. And sometimes it, it feels almost like the person didn't win the title because they're the person that's supposed to be champ. They're winning the title just because the other person's leaving and someone has to have the title. I worried that that yeah, I worried that that was what would happen to Asuka. Or not Asuka, Ember Moon, because I felt like I don't know if they built her up to the level that Asuka was built up to before she won the title or the level Bailey was built up to before she won the title or Sasha was built up to before she won the title. And I worried that it would just come across like oh, we're giving Ember Moon the title because Asuka's not going to be here anymore. So what I thought they did well in that match was Ember Moon was getting the better of it for the most part, and then Asuka having to cheat to win, I think that immediately elevates Ember Moon to where it's like, oh yeah, this chick is a threat. She is dangerous to Asuka, and she probably can and will beat her. So I think it put her in a stronger position for when she does finally win the title, probably at the next takeover. Do you like do you yeah, agree with that or do you think they did build her up and I just missed missed the build because I wasn't watching? Yeah, they they've slowly been building her. Um they were they were building uh Peyton Royce and uh uh Billy Kay for a while too, um until up until Billy Kay's injury. Mm-hmm. Um but um those are and they they've been kinda um building Nikki Cross too. Like those are the one, women that they've been like building. They definitely like you could definitely see like they were pushing Amber Moon into the title picture though. Like they were waiting for Mania to push her into that title picture. Um but um they've been building her. Um and I feel like her losing Mm-hmm. And not getting the title and keeping Oscar where she is, I think that's good for her. Like it gives her more time to get built. Um, and I wouldn't mind like if Oscar like did like, pretty much what Kevin Owens did. Like he's still on she like he was still on NXT, but he would go up to the main roster and challenge someone. Like I would even like that role for Oscar if she's up to do it. You know, just um because you know that's building her. That's in, that's like inserting her into the main roster picture a little bit, but at the same time keeping her presence in NXT. And I feel like with that, they can kind of you know build. That gives them time to also build Ember Moon up. Um, so while uh, Oscar's away, she can you know fight other opponents and pretty much you know cut promos and you know destroy other females and mm-hmm. you know build that way as well. Um, so I, th- I can't remember if this was you or not. It might have been on the last uh, Perfect Edge episode we did together. I think it was you that mentioned to me that Ember Moon needed to to do some character and promo work. Was that you or am I confusing it with someone else? Uh, 
it may have been me. Um, but do you think I she mean, made any improvements since, uh, like, over the last few months? I feel like, and this is my opinion. I feel like black people on WWE, like, I feel like they don't really talk in their voice. If you get what I'm saying, like, yeah, I feel they're, like they're putting on a voice, or they're trying to to sound different than how they really talk. Yeah, and I feel like they don't do that a lot. Um, and you know, I would, I just like not to say that she doesn't talk like that because mm-hmm. you know she may, but I feel like you know it needs to just not to say that you need to yo yo I'm in like nothing like that, <laughs> but like I just feel like you know they need to allow them to talk in their voice like and like to sound like who, what they really sound like instead of like you know what, like the video game or something. Right. So um, yeah, but I mean she's not. She's not terrible, but I just, you know, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, one of the things I think with her is when she, when she speaks, it feels... Now, I never had the thought specifically, like, that she's not talking the way she really talks, but I definitely felt like it comes across unnatural, which maybe that's why. Like, I feel like, yeah, uh, like it feels like you're forcing it a little bit. I feel like, honestly, I feel like she should been, she should have been another character where, like, she shouldn't talk. Like, she should just kind of, like, have this mystique about her. Yeah, she doesn't need to. Uh, there's no reason that she has to. Because, like you said, she 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 does all her talking in the ring. She's got one of the best finishing moves. She's got a really fun-to-watch offensive style. And she's got, like, an interesting look. So, you know, her entrance is good. Her entrance music is good. So you're right. She doesn't necessarily need to rely on promo to get herself over, I don't think. It just seems like that's what they want these people to do. Like, they want them to do that. But not everybody really has to. Right. Um, kind of moving to some other things. I have, I do have a, I have to kind of eat my words a little bit. Okay. So, um, on the, on the first match, Sanity versus Ty Dillinger mm-hmm. and, uh, Ruby Ride, Roger Strong, Cash Ono. I have to eat my words because in that match, I've seen, I've seen the light on Cassius Ono, <laughs> a.k.a. Chris Hero. Yes. Uh, he definitely showed a lot more than I've seen him do the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely say that I have to change my opinion on him. I think he will pan out to be something great if he continues to do what he did in that match. As well as Roderick Strong, I've seen the most I've probably ever seen out of him in that match. That uh that really kind of made me say okay like oh that's something to see so um I I definitely changed my opinion on them um that match in itself <laughs> it, it was it was a good match um other than my me changing my opinion on those two guys like, <laughs> but I would have rather I would have rather see Ty Dillinger and and Eric Young fight solo for Ty Dillinger's going away match um and I would have rather the other three and the other three from Sanity fight in a match. I I felt that way uh, that night. Like, I didn't know if that was going to be his last match. And then I saw him on SmackDown. Obviously, I was happy for him. But um, We'll get to that. Yeah, is that true, though, that he does have a cage match with Eric Young at some point? Uh, I haven't checked up on it. Um, but if that is the case, I would love to see it. Yeah, I think that that is going to be his official exit. Kind of like Sasha did the Iron Man match. Uh, after what was supposed to be her exit at TakeOver Brooklyn, she went back and did the Iron Man match with Bailey, and then that was her final. I think that's what they're going to do with Ty Dillinger. Uh, and I have to get your opinion on this. The tag match, oh, before I get to that, Roderick Strong, same thing. Uh, there was a point there I was like, okay, I actually see something tonight, other than just a guy who goes out there and he's a wrestler. He carried that match for for about five or six minutes, 
had a ton of energy. He got the crowd into it. So I did finally see a spark there that I had never seen before. But I assume you would agree with, with us that the match of the night was the tag match. Uh, as a guy who has been championing the revival for a long time, I know you like DIY. I'm not sure how you feel about the Authors of Pain. But what did you think of that match? That was, for me, that was one of my two favorite matches of the weekend, mm-hmm. as far as WWE goes. I haven't watched the Indi- um, the, the ROH stuff and yeah. things like that yet. Um, but um, that was one of the two. Well, I have three. There's three matches this weekend that I personally can remember that I enjoy. Hold on, let me ponder them all real quick to make sure that this <laughs> is a true statement. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I, I've enjoyed this match probably the most, I'll say. Okay. Um, um, I love AOP. I think AOP is going to turn out and be something really great um, if they continue to do well with it. So you hear this first here on the perfect edge. Mm-hmm. The lowdown is endorsing AOP. Okay, so you you are on, you're on the side of them now. You're you're reading the book of pain or whatever they were calling it. That's right. War is our peace. So um, <laughs> so uh, DIY. I, I like them, but I'm not like huge on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like them. Um, and we all know the the revival or my gosh. So, um, but I think it was just definitely an awesome match. I like how, you know, they, they double teamed on AOP. It definitely made AOP look stronger Mm -hmm. and it definitely was just a moment from fans to mark out that, you know, DIY and the revival were working together to get these guys, uh, kind of essentially out of the way. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was like blown away by that match that night. Like, like you said, all the teaming up. Them, you know, doing each other's finishers together and the double suicide dive, the double submission. There were so many spots in that match that, like, just kept ramping the crowd up more and more. Did that come across on TV, how much the crowd was getting into it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And I feel like the crowd was pretty good. Like I said, up until, like, the Oscar and Ramon thing, Mm -hmm. it was started to kind of, like, fan out. But that match, it it was definitely, like, you could tell, like, the fans were into that. It was just, like, so much going on. Um, and it, you know, it, it never really to me. It never felt like it like stalled out for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like how the revival pretty much has got dominated at the end. But I mean, they were leaving, so you know, this typically lets you to you know get your behind handed to you before you leave, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, as far as that match goes, that's definitely probably my favorite match of the of, of the weekend. Um, you know, and I think all the guys did their part in there. They did a really good job, um, and you know, it was just really good. And I like how the AOP came out on the end. Um, being at the revival was going up. Yeah, I thought it was. I think it's the match of the year so far. I know we're only, you know, in our fourth month, but I think it's for sure the match of the year. I think it edges out Cena and AJ from the Rumble, and that was the match of the weekend. Not the moment of the weekend, but definitely the match of the weekend for me. And. Alistair Black and Andre uh, Andrade seeing Elms. Yeah, what did you think of uh, Alistair Black? Now, were you familiar I, with said, him from before he got to NXT? Well, I think we. Well, I don't know if this was the exact match that we saw, but he, we definitely saw him when we went to NXT um, in Philly. He was mm-hmm. Tommy. They they kept him as Tommy in at that point. I think yeah. they didn't change the name yet. But um, that's that's the only time I've seen him before. I think. Um, that and the European, uh, the UK championship mm-hmm. thing, he uh, fought uh, Neville, I think. Um, I think he's dope. 
I think this this match was super underrated. This match is super underrated. Like I feel like this should be a feud. This should be an ongoing thing because there's there's so much potential in this match. Um, Oscar Black is definitely dope to me. He, you know, they they both had a great match. They both had, did a great thing. They were kind of testing each other in the beginning, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a story that you can tell here. Um, I feel like Andre uh, Andrade. I keep calling him Andre. That's the black verse. <laughs> if he was black, it would be Andre Almas. So so um. I feel like Amos um is a great character um and like I said he's he's from uh you know this group and um that that that's pretty prominent in Japan and they're all kind of like um excuse my French but they're all kind of like dick hills mm-hmm. so like you know um and they they really don't care for titles they really don't care for people they just kind of do what they want and I feel like if they turn him loose they just be like 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 those guys that that he came from mm-hmm. and just allow him to just like have this careless thing like he'll be great. Like the whole thing where he gets into the ropes and he just kind of hangs there and he'll yeah. slide and he'll like lay on the mat. Like all that's what, that's what they do. Like in that group, like they just like, they, that's their character. They're like, they, and I feel like if they fully turn him and let him do that, like, I feel like he'll start to get over. Just let him to be the hill, allow him to disrespect people in Spanish that they don't understand. Like just allow, just let him loose and do that. And I feel like he'll pan out and be something really great. Um, just lose the fedora. I hate the fedora. Um, <laughs> I hate fedoras. So just just lose that and and this and the the suspenders. And I think he'll be fine. Like, but this match, I, I hope they continue it because I feel like these two they worked well together, and I feel like they'll do they'll have better and better matches if they continue to feud with each other. I agree. I think there is something there with Almas. I think it's unfortunate he got put in the Tyler Breeze, Ty Dillinger position of put over the new big guy that we're bringing in, like the new big name. But I do think, like you're right, he the promo work, I believe Josh talked about this on the show on Wednesday, that, you know, his English isn't great, so it cuts into his ability to cut promos, but there is, oh, there is a character there. You don't think so? I don't think it does, because, I mean, Oscar doesn't speak the best English either, and, like, and you know, I don't think you need to, just, just you know. Just say what you have to say. I don't care if it's English, Spanish, Chinese, whatever. Like, just say what you have to say. Like, I don't care if I don't understand it. I watch Japan wrestling all the time. I have no <laughs> idea what they're saying. And I still enjoy it. So it's just like, let them be who they are. Like, you know what I mean? And even still, like, why, if, like, if they only speak Spanish, let them speak Spanish. Let them cater to their Spanish audience. And then if you like them, you're going to like them regardless of what language they speak. Right. So there's, just like, there's like a know. swagger and a charisma that he has that he, he yeah. has without speaking. Yeah, Shinsuke, I mean, he's not the, the best, you know, at, with English either, but we all love him. It's just like, let them do what they do. I, I would like to see them let him run a little bit. He He's someone who's been rumored to be on his way to the main roster soon. I don't know, maybe if he ends up on SmackDown, maybe they figure out something to do with him. I don't want to see him end up on Raw because I know they won't figure out something to do with him. But yeah. TakeOver, I think, as I have distanced myself from that night, I think I look back on it more fondly than I looked on it when we left the arena that night. I think there was just some some craziness going on in our section in the crowd. There are people saying a lot of dumb things, a lot of annoying things, and I think that affected my ability to enjoy it. But when I really think about it, from the, for the most part, the matches were actually good, and the show delivered. And there's also, I have to take into consideration that since I don't watch every week, I'm I'm not as invested in the story as a lot of people who do. So there may be things that I'm not appreciating that other people are. But 
from from the top to bottom standpoint, did you think this ranked up there with previous takeovers, or do you think this was kind of a a little bit of a step down? I think there's some matches that were, but I feel like it kind of. I feel like it was a step down just because I feel like the whole car through it wasn't like super great all the way through. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> agree with that. Uh, so moving on to Sunday, we had WrestleMania. I was overwhelmed by. The set design, the production, uh, the the level of passion in the crowd. Uh, just being there for my first time, I was overwhelmed by just the idea that like I'm actually at WrestleMania. And I had a blast. I thought it was a great show. It's among my favorite WrestleManias of all time. Uh, we did text a little bit, although in uh, in that stadium on Sunday, it was like impossible to keep up on text messages. It was... Sometimes I'd send a message, 15 minutes later I'd get a, a a little alert saying my text didn't send. So, you watching at home, you watching your first WrestleMania on the WWE Network, like from top to bottom, what do you think of the show? Like what kind of rating did you give it? Do you think it, it lived up to the way people who were there talked about it? Or do you think maybe we liked a little more if we were in the stadium than we would have if we watched it on TV? Um, I mean, I feel like there's some matches that could have been better, but I, I, I feel like just based off of the presentation period, I kind of would agree with you guys and give it a showstopper mm-hmm. just because it was very enjoyable. Like for, you know, I mean, you guys were there for eight hours. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't think I was watching for eight hours, but for the amount of hours that I put in to watch it, to watch it, I feel like it was, it was entertaining the whole way through, um, so I would give it a showstopper, me personally. Uh, what was your mania match, like of the of the show? What was your the best match of the show for you? Uh, let's see here, find my notes one more time. I'm <laughs> uh, probably gonna say, as far as the match all the way through, AJ and Shane. So they they kicked off the main show with the best match of the night. You felt pretty much. Now, what what do you think it was about that match that? that made it the best for you? What, what Was it something either guy did? Was it just the match as a whole? Was it the, the story? It was just the match as a whole. I feel like that's, I feel like, I feel like out of a lot of the matches that had storylines, to me, I felt the most invested in this one. Um, I felt like, you know, Shane definitely stepped up. Like, he was definitely, you know, putting work in, which I don't understand. Like, Shane's, you know, what, 40-something? Mm-hmm. He's not too much younger than Goldberg. Right. And he learned how to wrestle. So <laughs> I, I just don't understand that. Um, you know, Goldberg, you, you know, you, you didn't learn how to wrestle, and Shane did. I just I don't mm-hmm. get it. You're not as invested as Shane is, is what I'm getting at, Goldberg. Anyway. Yeah. Agreed. Um, like he de- no, no argument from me. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, I feel like Shane stepped up. He, he, he definitely did some wrestling. It wasn't just about the spots. He actually did some wrestling, and you know AJ was AJ was you know phenomenal, no pun intended. Um, and I just felt like the story was invested throughout. I felt like they were both trying to prove a point, you know, to each other, and you know, um, just like I just felt it was just a great match. Like it's, like it's really nothing else I could really say other than I just felt like it was a really great match. I felt like the story was throughout the match. I felt like the wrestling was great, um, and I just really enjoyed it. Um, and I love that AJ won. Like. Um, you know, and it's Shane's the the other person uh, besides Triple H who lost two WrestleManias in a row. Yeah. Um, and I felt like 
I felt like this one, it was, it was, you know, it was definitely important for AJ to win because he lost last year to Jericho. So I feel like this one, he deserved to win this year. Yeah, and if you're going to not have him as your champion going into WrestleMania after the year he had, if you're going to have him not fighting for a championship at WrestleMania after the year he had, he better at least win his match at WrestleMania. Like that, and that's for sure. And this match happened because apparently Shawn Michaels turned down the match with AJ. So that was wait, that's a, a thing that they were actually trying to do. Yeah, and Michaels turned it down. Wow, I hadn't I hadn't read that anywhere. I mean, that would have been pretty incredible. That would have made me even like the show even more. Although I don't know, uh, I'm kind of glad Sean declined because I think he he moved on. I think it's he probably is better off staying there. I don't think he needs to try to recapture the magic at this point. Um, yeah, Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he'd do better than Bill, but I don't want to see. HBK is anything less than the HBK that, that we all know and love. Um, yeah. So the women's match, uh, I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure, I know you're a fan of three of the four women that were in the Raw women's match. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about Nia Jax. Did you feel like they got their due at WrestleMania, or do you feel like they kind of got the, the short end of the stick a little bit? I feel like they kind of got a short end of the stick. Like I feel like it, they could have they could have let that match go longer. Um, um, I definitely hate that. I don't care what anyone says. I, I like, and this isn't a bias. This is just because. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it is a bias. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't like that Sasha left out second. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it should have been Sasha and Bailey, especially if that's the route that they're gonna go. I feel right. like it should have been Sasha and Bailey last in the ring. Um, just for storytelling purposes. Um, but I do like Nia. I hate that they have her smiling. And because um, <laughs> it's just like you're a heel. Why the heck are you smiling? Yeah. Um, but um, I, I just rather, you know, I'd rather it be, you know, her just be a full on heel. Like, I, I hate the smiling and, the, you know, the I just hate it. Like, but I do like her. Um, so I do like all four women in the match. I just feel like, you know, it should have been Sasha and Bailey at the end for story purposes. And, um, yeah, I was just hoping, you know, actually, I, w- I would have rather it. I don't know. Either way, like, I would, I just wish Sasha would have been in the last two. For story purposes, I wish it would have been Sasha and Bailey. For personal purposes, I wish it would have been Charlotte and Sasha. But, um, and I was, I was hoping Sasha took the title, but I wasn't like, you know, like I wasn't gung ho about it. Yeah. Like I would have been fine, like if somebody or somebody else won the title, which was what happened. Um, I love the ganging up on Nia's spot. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was also. I feel like when you gang up on a heel, like like a big heel, like mm-hmm. like her, like AOP, it, it helps build to their to their uh, their character. Like okay, like we gotta get this person out the way first, like because we know that they're a threat, like. They're the biggest threat in here, and I feel like that's a good way to like build their character, to make them you know seem like as dominating as they as they they want them to look. Yeah, it's like a, a twenty man battle royal, and nineteen guys are working together to dump Andre the Giant over the top rope, or nineteen guys are working to dump Kane or the Big Show over the top rope. Like they're, it's something you see a lot, but every everybody knows what it means. It's an easy way to kind of get the the point across of. How, how monstrous that this person is, that no one person can take care of them themselves. So it keeps Nia looking like this dominant force, but then also to get her out, it leaves them to tell the story. I agree with you that I, I thought they could have told the story of the match better by having Sasha. If she wasn't going to be the last one in, it would have been nice at least if she had done something to 
make that heel turn that I think we were all expecting or hoping for. We all thought we were going to get it on Raw. It didn't happen there either. So I don't I don't know when we're going to get it. <laughs> or if we are. Yeah, I mean, um I don't know. Like I'm I'm definitely interested in the Nia Charlotte thing. I feel like that's been coming for a while, but I also feel like it's kind of weird that they had Dana turn on Charlotte for them to not have a feud like I mean, I don't care regardless what you think of Dana. Like, I was waiting for that moment, and I was waiting for them to feud. So I still want that. Um, but I'm definitely interested in her and Nia as well. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, what what are some other high points for you? I mean, we got the, the return of the Hardys. We had the, end, the official end of The Undertaker. What were the other highlights for you personally from, from this WrestleMania? Um, well, I'm just going to run through a couple mm-hmm. things real quick. Just to, um, that was an area which was a great match for the pre-show, probably mm-hmm. the favorable match from the pre-show. Good stuff. Um, thought it was very different that Aries dived through the two bottom ropes for that suicide <laughs> dive. That was, uh, that was dangerous. I wouldn't have done it. Um, but you know, <laughs> when you're, when you're living at the A double level, you can do things like that. <laughs> you can. So, um, the Andre, uh, the Memorial Battle Royal thing, um, I actually missed the Strongman and Big Show getting put out part. Really? Um, which, yeah, but that's fine because I felt like I, I would have really been pissed about that seeing it. <laughs> um, just to see, like, Strowman get built up to get put out, like, I felt them stupid. But it was, it was a meh moment for me. Like, I'm, you know, yeah, uh, what's his face? Well, what's the what's the guy? Hype guy. Uh, Mojo Rally? Yeah, him. Uh, yeah, his boy Gronk? Yeah, whatever. Uh, it was <laughs> cool, I guess. Not really. Uh, whatever. Um, Baron Corbin, D. Man, bros, no one cares. So, um... Uh, I felt like the the order kind of of the the first couple of matches, like I felt like it kind of float in order for the most part of what people wanted to see, uh, to some extent. Um, but uh, I feel like the Hardys definitely was like a mark out moment, and like I uh, I texted you and told you this, like I felt mm-hmm. like the New Day definitely sold that very very well, <laughs> um, that they were going to be in it. And I, at that point, even with them, I was like, okay, like now this is like really engaging for me. Like I was, I obviously want to end on cast to win, yeah. but I'm like, okay, the New Day in it, like this definitely gives more like meaning to this match to me at least. And then you know you hear the don't do don't, and I'm like, oh my god, it's the Hardys, like. <laughs> You know, so it's just like I'm like oh, the first person that I was like, Alo's marking out in that, in that place right now. Like, but um, it was just like definitely a big thing. But like when you, but it, I don't know. It was kind of it was a bittersweet moment at the same time because like I see Matt and I see him talking. I'm like he's not broken. Like, and that broke me because I'm just like I wanted him to be broken. So, but I mean at the same time they're still back, so it's still a big moment. It's still like you know dope to see. So you know I'll take it. But um, that was it a seems big like thing, they're like a though, little bit broken. I feel Not like I, way, agree, I agree with Josh on that. I want I would love to see them build to it mm-hmm. in the WWE. I agree with Josh on that um, point. Um, as far as that match, I just wanted that match. It was great. Um, they were the best added hit to have for that match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted Enzo and Cass to get the title. Um, as far as that match did, goes. But then they saw the Hardys and nobody was rooting against them at that point. Yeah, that completely <laughs> went right out the door. Like, it was like, Enzo cast. And then the Hardys like, oh, the Hardys. That's who? Like, no, the Hardys. Like, so it completely went out the window. Um, we talked about the women's match. John Cena and Nikki, I don't care. Um, I, 
I, I was rooting for the Miz. Even I know that John Cena and Nikki were going to win, I still wanted to. Yeah, the, the whole Miz crowd was rooting for the Miz, too, just in case it didn't come across on TV. Oh, no, it definitely came across. <laughs> Between the Hall of Fame and that match, like, we knew that the Miz was a big deal that weekend as far as that match goes. Um, and, we, like, it, we all, it, it was so predictable. Like, it's pretty much pretty much that match and what Cena and Nikki Bella did in it, pretty much what the Miz was making fun of the last couple of weeks. It's just, like, it was so calculated. It was mm-hmm. so, you know, like, he pretty much gave us what exactly, like, he was, he's been depicting this whole time. Um, Rollins and Triple H, it was, I've been waiting for the match, but like I said earlier, like, I wish, like, Seth was healthy and that we got the re- the match that we've really been waiting for out of them too, like where they're both healthy. They both can go and do everything that they need to do. Um, I hate that he's still using the pedigree. I would love him to go back to doing a curve stomp or something else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, I just felt like the steam was let out of that match for me because, you know, Seth was hurt and, you know, they, they did the knee injury stick again. And, you know, I just wanted more out of it. But I hope that, you know, uh, Seth gets healthier and we can get a better match for SummerSlam or something like that um, out of that. Um, I think we will. I, I think I, he's – because I don't think he was, like, super injured, but he definitely wasn't 100%. And yeah. that definitely took some steam out. And that match was really long. Yeah, I, I'd rather him, you know, just be 100%. Yeah, I'm ready for him to be 100% myself. Um, <laughs> Owens and Je- – yeah, I definitely am. Um, Owens and Jericho. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good match, um, but I feel like it. I feel like some of the steam was let out of that for me as well. Like I feel like I feel like Jericho's match with CM Punk was way more like, way more, you know, like into the storyline than this one was. Like you know, you got Jericho taunting Punk the whole time. How's your sister? Yeah. You know, and just things like that. Like I feel like there was a lack of that in this match between, like, for two of the best talkers on that show to not really have a whole lot of communication, like, and digging at each other more than what they were. Like I felt like there could have been more of that out of those two guys, and it wasn't. So that kind of let the steam out of it for me a little bit, but it was still a good match nonetheless. Um, and I, the, uh, I mean, the the new finger of doom was just dope. Like, you know, him putting the rope on his finger on the rope. I felt like that was just such a Kevin Owens thing to do. Like to just say, you know, you're so beneath me. I'm not even gonna put my whole hand on the rope. I'm just gonna put my finger on it. That was one of the moments of the night too. Like he did that, and that it, it felt like that place erupted when he did that. So I'm glad that you you marked out for it at home when he did it because that was awesome. It was absolutely just uh, it was a moment. I mean, and it was it's it's piece of the Kevin Owen that you know that that I like. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of one of the best heels in the business, one of your favorites. Um, trying to think of what else what else was there that I'm forgetting. There was so much. Um, let's see here. We got uh the the uh, blah, blah 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 blah. Wait, this is going through my notes here, people. <laughs> notes a little jumbled. We had. Bill and Brock, the main event, SmackDown um, women. I, that's not really a match. That was just <laughs> that was pretty much that was pretty much to see who had the best moves of Doom, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, now what I will say is, Brock hopping over that spear. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a good spot to see. <laughs> that was definitely a good spot to see. Now this was the Brock that I'm. This is the this is a piece of the Brock where I'm like, this is 
more believable because I can't believe Bill Goldberg just having Brock's number. I cannot believe it. I watched the UFC. I've seen what Brock has been doing in previous months. Do you really expect me to believe that this 50-year-old guy who can't beat a door can be Brock Lesnar? I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> That's always been my feeling. It's like it's not believable. Um, so, yeah, I just, you know. This was better. I mean, the Brock, Brock got the title, which is what everyone was expecting. Everyone wanted. So, you know, we all went home happy about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm glad that he took 10 superplexes. <laughs> yeah. In, in honor of Ty Dillinger, he took 10 German suplexes in the match. And uh, Oh, that would have made it so much better if Ty Dillinger just came down to do the 10 for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Holding, holding up the little 10 card. And then Bill gets up and just, like, leans on a rope and then Ty does the, the slow 10, like, right in his face. <laughs> now that right there is some, some good fantasy booking. Uh, That's what, what I'm here for. Now what were, your, what were your thoughts on the main event, Roman and The Undertaker, the end of The Undertaker, and the debut of it being Roman's yard officially? I think it was a dope way... For Roman to get whatever they're trying to get out of him mm-hmm. at this point, um, I wish that Taker would have had a different opponent to go out on. Um, I'm not mad at Roman. Like, I mean, most like to be honest, and not even that I would even hide it. It's just yeah. it is what it is. Um, when I started getting back into wrestling, Roman, Roman was my favorite. Um, so that's that. Um, but. I feel like they should have. He should have went out on a better person, but I'm not mad at him going out on Roman, and I'm not mad at you know that they pass something off to to try to build Roman up. Because regardless of whether you like it or not, like that guy is gonna be there. He's gonna be around. They're gonna continue to put him, you know, in the forefront of, of with a lot of the top guys there. So it just is what it is. Um, You're but fighting a losing battle if you think. There's any way to knock Roman off that perch? Like that is not happening. He's the There's he's no the guy. Way. He's going to be the guy, and honestly, he deserves to be the guy. Yeah, he's big. He has a look. He can go. He's the Rock's cousin. Like he has a lot of things in his favor. So it's just like you know, there's nothing you can really do about it. I think now if they're gonna now what they did with him on Raw, which we'll probably get to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're gonna fully turn him heel and let him to go heel. It makes everything worth it with that Undertaker match. If they don't, it makes the Undertaker match kind of what it like is what it is. Like it's just his last match, you know. So I feel like if they're gonna turn him heel, it's all worth it. If they're not gonna turn him heel, it just kind of was what it was. Yeah. See, we we've talked about this uh, the other night, and I just feel like the the idea of turning him heel. I think they already have. So one of the hardest things to do with the wrestling crowd now, with as much as we know, we're not believing it's a real fight. We're not believing these guys really hate each other. So kind of the only way they have to make us marks, I guess, is is the best way to say it, is like they can play into things we don't like. Like, I like Roman. I have no problem with him. But the fan base at large, I'd say 80% of the adult fan base hates the guy. So if they can just make him go out there and just keep throwing what these people hate at them, that gets these people all riled up. That gets a reaction that they want. And then, of course, Roman has the the youth uh, support. He has the support of women, which people seem to resent him for. 
So I think they don't even need to necessarily make him a heel. I think people are just going to hate him no matter what. So I kind of like that they had him trolling the crowd a little bit on Monday, coming out, not saying anything, kind of motioning, I have you in the palm of my hand, and saying this is my yard now, and leaving. I thought the way they handled it on Monday was perfect, um, where he's not necessarily a heel, but he's definitely not trying to win over the fans. I think leaving that behind is good, because it's like they were pretending he was a fan favorite for a long time. I think that's what made people resent him even more. Well, I mean, he came in as a heel. So, you know, with the shield. And I feel like, you know, he's never truly changed out of that character per se. So just keep him in that character. Like, he, he was over at a point. He he won wrestler of the year. A lot of people may not want to remember that, yeah. but it's true he was. <laughs> it is true. And, you know, it's damn true. You know, so I just feel like they should just, you know, turn him back ill and let him do what he has to do. Um, yeah, I, I think they're I think they're kind of in a good spot with him because they know he can just go out there, get booed, and while he's out there, he can get himself booed even more than they were already booing when he walked out. Like, beating The Undertaker definitely helped that. Being the one to retire The Undertaker helped that. And the fact that he can go out there every time he walks out and say, I retired The Undertaker, helps that even more. Yep. What and do you um, see I, I, next? Broman, Broman. Braun or Brock? Um, I think... They're gonna try to do something with him and him and Strowman, but there's more of a story with him and Brock. They both have, you know, they both can, you know, we both be Taker. We didn't get a, a good ending to our match at the one WrestleMania where Seth, you know, mm-hmm. intervened. So there's a story to build from that. So um, it all depends on if they're gonna what they're saving that match for, as far as timeline wise, and um, how long it's gonna, you know, what they're gonna do in between time to get there. Um, but as far as like. I, it's definitely going to be Roman and Brock. It has to be Roman and Brock um, because it, that's what the story is. That's the perfect way to get the title off of Brock. Um, and he's probably – now, he's a legit person where he could compete with Brock. Um, regardless of that match that we've seen at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. phys- physically, he's a person that's believable to beat Brock on his own. Um, and it takes, um, you know, a lot more uh, – well, I mean – if this whole Goldberg thing just continues to pop up. <laughs> so, you know, I believe more so that Roman can beat Brock than Goldberg can beat Brock. Yeah. So, you know, I, I feel like, you know, they, they're going to definitely, you know, take the title off of Brock and put it on Roman. Um, that's what I believe personally. Um, and I just, it's just a matter of time of, you know, what they're going to, when they're going to have that match and what they're going to do in between time to get to that match. Yeah. Now, obviously, the Raw after WrestleMania is known for the call-ups that we get, the kind of surprise uh, debuts. Uh, we actually had the first ever SmackDown after WrestleMania. So what did you think of the people who got to debut on Raw and SmackDown? Who were a couple of your favorite debuts? Um, Was there anybody that debuted that you didn't expect? Well, who were the call-ups? Uh, we got Nakamura, we got... Ty Dillinger, mm-hmm. we got the revival. We got uh, was that it? Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank as to who we got. We definitely got Nakamura. We definitely got no. Ty we got Dillinger. Emma. Emma came back, so I mean that's not necessarily a call up, but I mean no. But it was good it, to see her back as Emma and not 
those Emelina promos or vignettes? I think the I mean, well, the best presentation was Nakamura, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely happy to see the revival, even though I wish they would have went to SmackDown. Um, not against them being on Raw completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the who had the best call up, it was definitely Nakamura as far as inch like being in, in, in inserted in. But as far as who I was most excited to see, I was definitely the most excited to see the top guys. <laughs> and I loved two things specifically about their segment that they got. One, that Corey Graves could not have put them over any more than he did. Like, he went all out to put them over, and then that they actually got to be who they are, who we know them to be from NXT. We got to see their intelligence. We got to see, you know, how technical they are. We got to see them go out and hurt Kofi Kingston after the match. I was I thought it was good that they were presented as we know them from NXT. Uh, which, yeah, he's um Corey Graves is definitely the best commentator on there until Jr. comes back officially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought I thought he did a really good job of putting them over. Obviously, Nakamura gets put over just by coming out. That entrance with the violin was great. He comes out at a point when everybody's kind of at a high watching the Miz mock John Cena. He I feel like they should have waited. You think so? Now, what would you have waited for? I felt like they, they should have let the Miz kind of do his thing, go to commercial break, or go to somebody in the back, let them have a little segment, and then come back out and then do his entrance. Like, I felt like that entrance alone was, you know, a portion of the show that should have been stood by itself. It shouldn't have been directly after the Miz. Would you feel um, any different about that if on Tuesday next week we get a Miz TV segment where he calls Nakamura out? And that kicks off a feud with him and the Miz. No, and I've I've actually um, was talking. I, is there's some sort of like thing on Facebook that I'm a part of uh, with people talking about wrestling? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think he should be inserted with you know the top guys on the brand. And someone said the Miz, and I was like, oh no. And then like I had to think about. It. I'm like, well, the Miz to me is a top guy on SmackDown, and I'm like, he'll definitely be able to put him over, mm-hmm. and he'll definitely. Be, I think he'll be a good foil for uh, Shinsuke to, to go against. That, uh, that can help him get over as far as that main roster thing and as far as the first few. So I definitely wouldn't be mad if that's how that happens because the Miz is definitely good for doing that, bringing people in and then, you know, trying to, you know, I can make you a star, I can do this, <laughs> and then, you know, they decline, and then, you know, it's, it, it'll start a feud. So I definitely think, you know, now I think that's a good feud for him to start with. Yeah, and how much fun will people have watching Nakamura make a fool out of the Miz? Which he will when it finally happens. Like, I think people will love getting to see that. Uh, even Ty Dillinger, though, I felt like how excited JBL acted that the Perfect Ten came out was great for him. Because that's been one of my big complaints, is commentary isn't doing enough to get the guys over. Like, JR helped get guys over. Michael Cole is not doing that. Byron Saxton is not doing that. Uh, even yeah, he Morrow, only gets over extent, the Bailey buddies. Yeah, that is that is the only thing he gets over. But Byron is so nerdy and annoying that he doesn't. He makes you not want to be on his side with anything. So no, I think as that far takes as a lot away in, from him. As far as him and Otunga, I'm definitely on Byron. <laughs> well, Byron is definitely the superior. Let's just put one that of the out team. there. <laughs> David Otunga makes Byron Saxon look like Jr. Yeah, like, let's just put that out there. Like <laughs> he makes him look magnificent. So. 
But um, as far as Ty, a lot to be desired. As far as Ty Dillinger goes, they did it again. Like they, he has this huge entrance. He comes out. He doesn't even have the the vest on. He has on the t shirt. Mm-hmm. They're panning away to the crowd again mm-hmm. instead of like showing the full view of his entrance. So it's like I was happy to see him, but at the same time, it was like you did the same thing you did at the Royal Rumble. Like you're taking away from his entrance. So I was very pissed about that. Like you know, like like the, the, this guy has a great entrance. Like it's a big deal that he's there. It's a big deal that you know his entrance. Keep the camera on him. Why are you panning away and going to the crowd? And then why doesn't he have his vest on? Like he has on a t-shirt, which is cool. You want him to sell merchandise. He's gonna sell that regardless. Mm-hmm. But like he should have on his full guard, and you should keep the camera on him. Like so, I'm very pissed with the WWE about that, but I'm very happy that he came, that he's gotten called up, and that he's on SmackDown. Yeah, that was my biggest complaint of, as far as the call-ups was a big part of Dillinger's character is that entrance. People enjoy seeing it. That crowd in particular, it was a crowd of all people who know who he is, all people that mark out for him, and I feel like they should have shown the wider TV audience who may not have seen him in NXT kind of what he's all about. And I, th- I do think that they made a mistake by cutting away. I think it kind of took something away from it. Uh, before we get into UFC 210, which I do know you want to talk about, was there anything else from WrestleMania weekend, from Raw, from SmackDown, that you did want to uh, to mention? Just a couple more things. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to Mania real quick, the women's uh, match there, um, I wanted Mickey to win um, because I uh, like Mickey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> good and, good but- enough reason. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm glad Naomi won in her hometown. She's probably the first person, and who knows long who won in their hometown. Yeah. Um, Bray, uh, according contrary to popular belief with Bray Wyatt, I agree with Alo. I, I, I mean, either way, I didn't care who won that match either. I felt like the the whole visual on the ring thing was it was different, but it was kind of like yeah, whatever. Like it's not, <laughs> it didn't really do anything for me. That match just kind of was what it was. Uh, so breeze through that. As far as Raw, um. The Hardys in the club, it you know the Hardys doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> Angle Angle being on there was dope. We knew it was coming, but at the same time, it was still dope. His his and it's like I agree with you guys. It was like he he never left. Like he didn't miss the beat. <laughs> Everything you know his 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 uh his promos with uh, Enzo Cash and uh, Gender Mahal and uh, Sammy they were all funny. They were all hilarious. It was like he never left. It was so good. Um, the the women's match on there it it was it was what it was it was it was good it was it's they just have to build from it properly yeah um how do you feel about Naomi's new submission uh it's it's great <laughs> I like it I feel like they've they've had her get into it in creative ways which I like and I think it makes you take her more seriously when she finishes finishes a match that way than with the rear view. Yeah, it's it's well, yeah, the review. Yeah, I mean, compared to the review, it's good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good seeing Vince. Uh, the women were great. Just got to build off it correctly. Um, Hangman and Brock segment was really good. Strong coming in was dope. So we'll see how that all culminates. Mm-hmm. Um, I still find I found, and I said that this was a question of mine to you guys on the show. Um, I think Balor coming up was definitely, definitely dope. Um, they did the right thing with Balor, but they did the wrong thing with Ty Dillinger. I don't understand. <laughs> anyway, um, that match was good for me. Um, and I thought that was dope because you have, like, basically your four-star that you're pretty much going to start to lean on 
in one match. Um, so I thought that was really dope. The, uh, the main event with Balor, Rollins, uh, Joe, and uh, KO. I thought that was really good. Um, as far as everything else on the, on on that show it is what it is. Whatever. SmackDown. Uh, I like that SmackDown just kept it, pretty much kept it short and sweet. Like you know, we're gonna give you the guys that are coming up. You know, and we don't. We're not gonna do a whole lot. We're just gonna give you what we're giving you. Mm-hmm. And it still wasn't a bad show. Um, so you know, that's pretty much. It according to my notes for the most part. <laughs> um, I do have a little segment, but I don't want to pan over on my phone because it might knock me out. But um, <laughs> um, but I definitely had like a list of ten things that the WWE should stop doing in 2017. <laughs> but, um, may say that for another show, or you know, just put that up on. Uh, my social media, but you know we'll discuss that another time. Yeah, if you want and, to bring it up um, another time, I'm always available for for ten and, things WWE should stop doing. And <laughs> as promised, I will uh, at the end of the show. We could do something in the show. I will give my my uh, ten favorite wrestlers of all time um, that I said I would do um, off of the last show. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing that because we, we've been waiting for it for a while now. Um, so UFC two ten. That is this Saturday. Uh, what is it? The eighth. I'm yeah. not I'm not keeping track of my dates too well. So that is yeah, one, exactly one year away from WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. Uh, we get a huge rematch: uh, Daniel Cormier against Anthony Rumble Johnson. Rumble rocked Cormier the first time they fought. Cormier fought back and got a submission victory. Before I ask you what your thoughts are on this fight. Are you a Cormier guy? Uh, I don't dislike him, but I'm not a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. But I'm not against him being the champ, and I'm I I don't deny that he's a good fighter. Um, and yeah, I'll pretty much leave it at that. I'm not a huge fan of his, but I'm not <laughs> against him. Yeah, Cormier for me will always have a special place. Because of the video of him marking out when Seth Rollins cashed in at WrestleMania 31. He was he had his own replica belt that he had over his shoulder. He went nuts when Rollins' music hit. He went nuts when Rollins won the title. So I will always have, like I said, a special place for Daniel Cormier. That being said, I don't know how this matchup is going to go down for him. I am curious how you think this match is going to play out. I am hoping that Rumble wins. Um, he's he's more than deserving of it. He's he's pretty much. There's no way you're getting in the top three with him being within the top three. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's 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 inevitable at this point. Like he 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 should get the title. He should get the win. Um, I'm hoping he gets the win. And that's nothing against Cormier. It's mm-hmm. just like this guy. I really think this guy deserves a belt. Um, and I, I just hope he wins. Like he, he's been, he's beating everyone, you know. Sometimes even without even like he's trying. Like yeah. his hand is just like <laughs> lethal. So, um, and I just want to see him with the belt. Like he deserves it. I feel like he deserves it. And you know, I feel like it's, it's gonna. As long as Cormier stays on his top game, and I feel like as long as Rumble stays on his top game, they're gonna be the hardest two to beat at the top of that division. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and you know, John Jones when he comes back, if he gets back up to that top point, then I feel like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see those three holding the, you know, within that title picture for a while. So, um, 
but me personally, I hope he wins and he gets the belt. Um, I, I, mean, I just feel like he deserves it at this point. Yeah, my my thoughts are, I feel like one of two things could happen here. Cormier obviously has already beaten Rumble, which I think make like Rumble we know is hungry to avenge that loss. Cormier is also very very preoccupied with getting another crack at John Jones. Like, he wants that fight so bad. Um, I think one of two things could happen. Either He wants the money. You think he wants the money more than he wants the guy? Yeah, I feel like he wants the money off of it because it's going to be a huge draw. It's going to be huge money behind it. I feel like he wants – well, I, there's definitely a disdain there, so I feel like he definitely wants to beat him. He wants to hurt John Jones, but at the same time, I mean, if you're going to get paid a lot of money to hurt somebody that you already don't like, <laughs> it's it's kind of like a dream scenario for you. So Yeah, my feeling is more that he really does not like that guy. It really bothers him that he lost to him. And I think he, he credits the fact that he was so overly emotional about it that it affected his performance, and I think he wants to make up for it. So I think one of two things could happen. He's either too focused on John Jones and not focused on a very motivated Anthony Rumble Johnson, or he's so hungry to defend his title against John Jones that he's laser-focused on Rumble Johnson. I think the way I'm leaning is Rumble is the guy that can end the fight at any moment with that right hand. And he almost did it the last time they fought. I have a feeling that he is going to do it when they fight on Saturday. Is he your prediction to win, or he's just who you want to win? Both. Both. So you, you Both. want him to win, you're predicting. I, I want Cormier yeah. to win because I want to see that Cormier-Jones fight for the title. But I like Rumble a lot. I won't be upset if he does win, and he is my prediction as well. I think Rumble is going to, to pull out the win by knockout. In the first or second round, I think. Well, if we could do some Teddy Long booking mm-hmm. <laughs> for the summer, we're going to have a triple threat match, player. Now, nobody will be going one-on-one with The Undertaker, I assume. No one will be going one-on-one. But we're going to have a tag team match. <laughs> no, I'm holla, holla, holla. Let me holla, holla, holla. <laughs> how, how entertaining was Teddy's Hall of Fame speech, by the way? It was good, but I was just waiting for the dance. I'm like, if he doesn't do the dance, like I'm going to be so upset. And then he did it, and I was, it made my day. Yeah, and that unbelievable red suit. I thought his little segment on Raw was funny, too. Oh, it was, yeah, it was definitely. I'm like, we know it's not him, but it's still good that we're about to get whatever he's about to do. And then just Vince is like, Teddy, stop dancing. Stop, <laughs> stop dancing, damn it. Like, I was just like. Yeah, just no, he had no time for Teddy. You know, and it's funny because he was like so into the dance, he didn't even hear Vince the first two times when mm-hmm. he said it. So it was just so <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. So do we do we think this is going to be an entertaining fight, or it, do we think it's just going to be a quick knock? Well, a quick knockout would be entertaining. Or do we think uh, Cormier drags it to the ground like he did against Anderson Silva? Well, we know he's going to do that. He's definitely good for doing that. Like, which isn't. I mean, some people may feel however they feel about it, but I feel like it's smart. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you you know what you're up against, so it's definitely smart to take it to the ground if you think you can beat the person doing that. Um, I wouldn't mind a quick knockout because those events go pretty long. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing them duke it out and then you know rumble, getting him, you know, whatever later around he can get him. Um, but. Uh, I definitely think it's going to be entertaining. I like their their first fight. I definitely enjoyed it. 
Um, so I, I'm looking forward to. I mean, either way, it doesn't really matter. But I would like to see them, you know, get some some things off. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a fun fight. I think it's going to be exciting either way. I think the longer the fight goes, the more it favors Cormier. But uh, I do think Rumble is going to win with that big right hand and get the knockout. Uh, we have former, uh, what is he, middleweight champion Chris Weidman against Gegard Mousasi. I don't really know what to think about this fight because Weidman's on a little bit of a, a skid lately. Like, he hasn't looked the same in his last few uh, fights. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know the other guy. Um, I may have seen him fight before, but mm-hmm. his name doesn't ring a bell for me. Um, so, out of me knowing Chris Weidman's name, I obviously would pick Chris Weidman. <laughs> but I think, um, I mean, I wouldn't be a. I would hope that he's. He, this is an uptick for him because he's he's falling a little from 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 grace with the title picture, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I would hope that this is something that gets him back uh, on an uptick. But um, I don't know, man. Like like I said, it's it's as far as UFC goes. It's been a lot of changing of the guard, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the the guys we haven't heard of, or the guys who most people aren't familiar with, like they're the ones who are getting these wins these days. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he loses, but I would hope that he's on the uptick and that he gets the win. Yeah. So Musasi's been around for a while. Just he was in other promotions uh, for the largest chunk of his career. I don't think he came to UFC. Until and it's probably like three years ago, maybe at the most. But yeah, he's the guy's forty-one and six. He's got twenty-two wins by knockout. I do think he's a dangerous opponent. I don't know though if I don't know. I don't know what to think of Chris Weidman. If if we're going to see the best Chris Weidman, or we're going to see the Chris Weidman that has gotten finished. He got finished the last time he went out. I don't think he got finished by Rockhold, but. He got destroyed by Rockhold, um, but I, I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go with Weidman in that one. Now, are you looking forward to the lightweight match, Will Brooks and Charles Oliveira? Um, I think it'd be interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of like a lot of the cards, like the last couple of mm-hmm. events, they've been like very interesting they've been and it's been like a lot of kind of guys getting who are on the come up getting their chance mm-hmm. so um i definitely feel like it'd be an interesting match it'd be a good one um the, 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 I, I know the last the last event that we talked about uh the the uh the cold main for the last event was just super surprising yeah. caught everyone <laughs> off guard and was really good so i hope this is one of those matches where it's just like super surprising to everyone and it's really really good i think this will be a good match I think Will Brooks is, he could be a title contender at 155. I don't know if he'll quite get there. He lost his last fight. Um, But I do think he's a guy that has an opportunity to be a title contender, whether he could beat Conor McGregor or not. I know he thinks he can. I'm not sure if he actually can. Uh, But I am looking forward to seeing how that fight turns out. I'd like to see Will Brooks, you know, bounce back from the loss. Um we have an old guard fight. I don't know how much you know either of these guys because these guys were around, you know, ten years ago, a little more. Patrick Cote and Tiago Alves. Uh, Tiago Alves has had 
a welterweight championship match against George St. Pierre back in the day. Uh, Patrick Cote was a training partner up in Montreal with George St. Pierre. He's fought a ton of big-name fighters. Uh, He fought Tito Ortiz when Tito Ortiz was in his prime. He fought him to a decision, I believe. I don't know. These fights with older guys, I kind of never know how it's going to go because one guy may have lost a step and the other guy didn't, even though the one guy was better before. I don't know. I kind of want to see Tiago Alves win this, but this is kind of a fight where it almost doesn't even really matter because neither one of these guys is going to be a factor in their division going forward. Do do you remember either of these guys from when they were in their heyday? No, I don't remember them, but um, based off of the information that you just gave me, Mm -hmm. um, at this point, I mean, a lot of these, because we're getting a couple of matches like that where there's, you know, Two old guys, or it's like it doesn't really matter much, um, and it's pretty at this point they're collecting the check um, to some extent, and they're still trying to prove something to themselves that mm-hmm. you know they still can fight in that you know. Um, so I feel like you know these are interesting matches. Like regardless of guys being old or not, it's still always interesting because especially if it's another guy who's an old guard that you're fighting against, it, it, it builds some sort of competition. Like okay, we're both old, but I want to be the better old guy. So, you know, I think – so I feel like it will be an interesting match. Like, it's, it, that's going to boil down to, like, not even age. This is, well, not necessarily age. It's going to boil down to who's hungry at, you know, being of the old, of these two old guards. Yeah, which guy? Now, Patrick Otano at one time had some legit knockout power. Tiago Alves is one of these guys that when you you see his physique, you don't know how he fights at the weight class that he fights in. Um, he obviously wasn't enough to, to compete with GSP, even though a lot of people thought he could. But I, I'm leaning towards Tiago in this one. I don't really know what to expect. I haven't seen either guy fight in a while. But I'm going to go with Tiago Alves. Now, you mentioned the, the whole old guy fight thing. So my favorite fighter of all time, the prodigy BJ Penn, is, has signed a fight with Dennis Seaver, another guy advanced in age. And I do not want to see it. He may be able to beat Dennis Seaver, but I think BJ needs to hang him up. He's got nothing left to prove. He's got the money. I guess he's doing this for his own pride. Do you think there's a certain point where Dana White and the UFC should just tell guys, like, we're not letting you fight here anymore? They should, but, you know, money tells them that they should. <laughs> yeah, should. They, they know they'll make money off BJ Penn. He's got a, a legion of fans that will tune in, but they're really doing him a disservice, and they did him a disservice by fighting Yair Rodriguez, too. Yeah, Yair Rodriguez was just like, he was just so useful in that fight. It was just like, <laughs> it was like watching an old lion just get, like, defeated by, like, a cheetah or something. Or, like, <laughs> just a young, vicious hyena. Like, it's just, it's just kind of sad to see. So, but um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, uh, him and uh, Seaver. I mean, I think it 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 may be more of his speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may it may be more entertaining than watching him fight uh, Rodriguez. Um, because that was just that was just not something you would want to see happen. Um, yeah. to him. But uh, I think it'd be more his speed. So you think you know, we'll, two you names, think we'll see so, um, a BJ Penn like performance against Dennis Seaver more so than we did against Rodriguez? 
Yeah, more so because it's like you know they they they'll probably be you know be at the same speed level, um, so he'll be able to put off more of what he wanted to probably put off in that Rodriguez fight. Yeah. Um, and we'll 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 see we'll see more of what he has to offer now versus mm-hmm. that fight. You know, it's hard to you know to to put off your offense when the guy's just moving all over the place and you just can't you know lay a hand on him. So. Versus somebody who you more likely could lay a hand on or a foot because, you know, those are <laughs> the parts that you will put on the person. All right. So. <laughs> now, UFC 209, everyone was disappointed in the main event. I assume we're both in agreement that that will not happen at UFC 210. Uh, no, that definitely will not happen. That absolutely will not happen. Uh, even though these, and I felt, you know, with 209, like those dudes definitely had a lot of respect for each other. So mm-hmm. that's why that went that way. And they were kind of being more cautious. I don't think Rumble or Cormier is going to care about that. Like, I think they have respect for each other, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're going to have enough respect where they're not going to put off their offense. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that's going to, this is going to be a completely different fight than the last one we saw, the last main event we saw. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks in this one. I think it's it's two guys, like you said, that have a lot of respect for each other. Both guys know how good the other guy is. I don't think either one is trying to downplay how good the other guy is. And I think they're both going to take this fight seriously, and they're both going to go all out. Uh, now, I know you mentioned, and I can never remember how to pronounce her last name. It has got a crazy spelling. She is, I believe, the strawweight champion or something like that from yeah. Poland. Jerjacek, am I saying Joanna that right? Jerjacek. Okay. Yeah, Joanna Jerjacek. I don't know how to say her name, but she is one of the most entertaining. Yeah, Jerjacek. Joanna Jerjacek. Yeah. One of the most entertaining fighters to watch in that company, male or female. Her combinations are lethal. She uses hands and feet. She can fight on the ground. She can take a punch. Like She took a, a beating in that last fight. That she had with uh, I can't remember the woman's name, but she was also from Poland. When is her when is her fight? Do you know? I believe it's the next one. Um, the next uh, I think it's the next uh, two eleven probably. I would I would think it's two eleven. Um, but I'm I'm definitely a fan of hers, and I, I can't wait to see what she does in this next fight. Would you put her up there among the most dominant champions in UFC, despite gender? Yeah, she's definitely the mo- one of the most dominant and one of the most consistent. I feel like when she Cut goes out there, you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get some good stand-up. You know you're going to get a real fight. And, yeah, she's. I think she's super entertaining. I think she's dominant in her weight class. Um, do you know how old she is by any chance? Uh, I would think she's still in her 20s. She can't be 30 yet. Uh, I would. I would doubt that she's in her 30s yet. I'm actually about to Google it now just to be sure because I feel like she's 29. I feel like I haven't really seen anybody, not that I haven't seen anybody push her, but I haven't seen anybody look like they really had a chance to get her out of there. So she could be one of these people like like a Demetrius Johnson or like Jose Aldo was for 10 years and just keep dominating at her weight class. Um, I would appreciate that. I would like that. Um, Because it it was like for me, like, like I, I was a Holly Holm, I'm not Holly Holm, uh, Ronda Rousey fan mm-hmm. as well. So like she's like the the second person like that I hold like like if I see her lose that title, like, that's gonna be heartbreaking for me. <laughs> so it's like you know, 
I like I would rather her just keep saying. But I think and I think the last person she fought was uh Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that was a good fight. I went. In, I actually wouldn't mind. I'm running it back and seeing them fight it again either at some point. Um, I'm not. I forgot who her, her. I don't know if that's her opponent or not, or who her, her next opponent is. All I know is that she's back training and uh, she has a fight coming up soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I hope she she holds the title for a long time, at least until she retires. Um, I, it would be terrible to see her go out like getting dragged or I would, if she loses <laughs> due to a decision yeah like if she loses doing the decision like that's fine like but I do not want to see her get choked out or getting beat up like I just don't want to see so it you was, don't want to have to watch her saying, go through what I have to watch BJ Penn go through in his last six fights nah um, well, that's <laughs> it's not a fun beat. feeling <laughs> it's not so like I mean I had to see Ronda go through it I had to mm-hmm. see Holly go through it uh you know, and I, I just like I hate to see that happen. I mean, well, anyone would hate to see that happen to their favorite. So, yeah, she she's among my favorites to watch. Uh, to me, she's worth the price of a pay per view, or at least worth the amount of food and drinks if you go out and watch it at a sports bar or something. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing her next fight as well. Um, I'm a Buffalo Wild Wings legend, by the way. When it comes to fights, are you really? Is that is that your spot? I'm, I'm there all the time, and I always leave with a poster. Except for one, there's one I didn't leave with a poster. There was some, there was some, uh, some, some poser poster fans there who ended up taking all the posters from the Rousey. Uh, uh, this is bad that I forgot her name because I championed her too. Uh, <laughs> what's the champion's name now? I, I'm so I apologize if you're listening. Nunez, um, the one that beat. Yes, sorry, New Year's. I apologize if you're listening. Hopefully, you're listening because you know this is a great network <laughs> to is. be a part of Madness, <laughs> and it's not nine ninety nine, Michael. Um, so uh, you know, there are a bunch of you know poser fans. You know, took all the posters, so I wasn't able to get a poster that night. But um, you know, I'm, I'm, that's definitely the spot that I go to nine times out of ten when I watch uh, big Buffalo, uh, uh, big uh, MMA fights. So what do you do with the posters? Do you hang them up? Do you frame them? Do you keep them rolled up and protected somewhere? No, I hang them up um, in my uh, my uh, like my studio room. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when you're in the studio, you're surrounded by all your favorite fighters. Pretty much, I have a lot of uh, fight posters. I have a. Uh, 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 I like the Joker. Um, uh, my mm-hmm. favorite movie, The Dark Knight. I have a Dark Knight poster mm-hmm. um, that my girlfriend gave me, and um, I have a couple other miscellaneous things um, that are hanging up. So yeah, most of my fight posters though. So does that give you any extra motivation in there to go out a little harder? Nah, it's just a good look to have in a room to have <laughs> a bunch of fight posters. So so it's just, it's just the uh, the look you're trying to give off more so than get any motivation when you're you're behind the mic. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm running out of space. I might have to start putting them in my other room as well. So, <laughs> so you're gonna have fight posters spilling out into other rooms. Yeah, I have probably the last uh, four to five Connor fight posters, mm-hmm. and I have a few other ones going backwards. Um, so, um, yeah, I have quite a few. Um, now. I know you wanted to give your 10 favorite wrestlers. Uh, it was of all time, correct? Yeah, before we get into that, mm-hmm. though, um, saw a post today on YouTube that Connor's training for the Mayweather fight, so we may we may get this thing, man. I really, as the days go by, I'm getting more and more confident that it will happen because, for one, the fact that Mayweather wants it is very telling. 
because he could easily just sit back, talk, you know, talk trash on Connor from a distance, sit on top of his money, and just enjoy the rest of his life. The fact that he actually wants yeah, to do this. Yeah, he doesn't need it. Yeah, the fact that he wants to do this is very telling. And I honestly believe Connor doesn't want to do anything else but this. And if Connor has shown us anything, it's that Connor gets what Connor wants. And I believe he is going to get this fight. If I had to put a percentage on it, I'd go like, I think it is 90% that this is going to happen. I have no doubt at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's, there's a lot of people who don't want to see it mm-hmm. for whatever reason they don't want to see it. I'm not for or against it. Um, but as far as those dudes, or at least Connor anyway, like, Connor's going to make a hell of a lot of money off of this thing. Mm-hmm. More money so, than he's ever made. You know, yeah. So, and, uh, you know, um, so as far as, you know, from seeing it from Connor's standpoint, I would push for this fight too because that's a lot of money. He's going to get a lot of money. Like, the dude got a lot of money for talking to a bunch of people in a place for an hour. He didn't even fight. And, like, he got paid, like, just to talk, just to be interviewed. So it's like, a like you know, the money that, you know, imagine how much more people would spend to actually see him fight. And I just fight anybody. We're talking about the best boxer, like, mm-hmm. you know, who, who's <laughs> retired. You know, so, you know, this is def- the money that he's going to make off this is going to be ridiculous. Like, I wouldn't, like, I don't know, like, how he how he's going to go back and just fight MMA. After this. Like, if I make the amount of money that he's probably going to make off of this fight, I wouldn't care to fight anymore. Yeah, I've, been, I've been saying to people, and now you tell me if you agree with this, because I don't think anyone has agreed with me yet that I've said it to. Um, I really don't believe we will see Conor McGregor in the UFC again. Because I think the only fight he's interested in having is with Conor McGregor. I think if UFC somehow stands in the way of him getting that fight, it'll probably be similar to like a CM Punk situation where he's going to say, like, I don't want to deal with you anymore and just be done with it. Or if he does fight Floyd, like you said, what reason does he have to go on fighting? He is set. The only thing I could see maybe happening Uh... is if he loses to Floyd, he may want to go back to UFC to prove who he is, but I really ju- I just don't see why he'd have any motivation to fight in UFC. I think he wants to start his own promotion. Uh, I could see, I can see, I definitely see your point. Um, I think it all depends on how much the want to fight is going to be driving him. At, if at, if he, at, I mean, I think regardless of whether he gets to fight or he doesn't get to fight. Mm-hmm. I think the the drive of how much he wants to fight, period, is what's going to drive him back to the UFC. Um, now, if he does get to fight, and whether he wins or loses, the amount of money that he has is definitely going to, like, we all know that Conor has the ego that he has now. Imagine right. the ego that he's going to have if this fight happens. Mm-hmm. There's not really going to be an opponent, as far as money-wise, that you're going to be able to find him that's really going to intrigue him. It's just yeah. going to be a fact of whether he really wants to fight the person or not. Yeah, like, so, uh, if you were him, would you even bother fighting Diaz again? Uh, yeah, for the sport of it, I would. So the the fighter in him um, for this will make him want to fight Diaz again. I just because I just think he has realized over the last couple of years, like, hey, wait a minute, I'm helping the UFC way more than the UFC is helping me. 
I think it's time that I yeah. start getting paid like I'm the top draw or to steal a line from your your favorite tag team, The Revival. Like, I'm the top guy. I should start getting paid like it. And the only way that's going to happen for him is if he gets outside of the UFC. So I think he's motivated to well, move on from it. Well, not even just that. Like, he want, he he's and he's – and I think this is something that – you know, this whole fight, this Floyd thing is, is starting to, like, really waking him up even more on is that, you know, like, I'm under a promotion. Mm-hmm. But outside of that promotion, I'm my name is big, just as big as the promotion. Yeah. And I think he's starting to see that. And I think, you know, if as he's starting to see that, it's going to create more of a problem for the UFC because, like, this isn't just a fighter who's just a fighter that's under you anymore. At this point, you need to partner with him. Like, you need to really, like, break, like, show him behind the curtain and start showing him some real money. Like, because it's like, this isn't just, like, some ranky-ding fighter who's coming up and that you just give him money and put the title on him he's just happy. Like, no, he's, he's, uh, he, his brand is bigger than just, you know, the normal title holder on the UFC. Like, he's a name. He's a name. Like, UFC, nine times out of ten now, UFC, you think Conor McGregor, if not John Jones. And, at this point, he's obviously bigger than John Jones because he's more marketable and mm-hmm. he's not on drugs and eating Cheetos <laughs> and buying horse. So, <laughs> so you know, All like, true. <laughs> so at this point, it's like this isn't just a guy that you can just pay him nilly, willy nilly whatever you want and put a title on him. Like, no, you got to start paying this guy big bucks. You got to get him in. You got to bring him in because. I mean, obviously, starting your own thing is going to take a lot, but he's Conor McGregor at the end of the day. Yeah. And if he does start doing his thing, and he gets the right people, and he gets and he gets any any niche on anything that you guys are failing to do, and he gets the niche on that, and he capitalizes on that, those fighters that you have there, they're going to easily shift over to Conor's promotion. Yeah. And then you got to think about the people who may already be fans of him who fight. They're easily going to go to Conor's promotion. So you don't want you know a whole. Uh, Back in the early days, a Jeff Jarrett situation where you got a guy who leaves and go starts a company right. and actually becomes competition for you. Yeah. As a fan of the sport, I would love to see there be some competition because I think there needs to be. Yeah, because Bellator isn't getting it done. No, they. Yeah, no, they are not getting it done. But I believe that I they're believe the in Conor McGregor. They're taking off. They're, the, they're, the, they're like the, the reverse of WCW. They're getting all the old guys that the UFC <laughs> loved, but they're not, at this point, it's not even enjoyable to watch it. No, it's not. Well, yeah, fight, like old guys fighting is not typically the most fun to watch because you know you're not watching the highest caliber. If you could find a, a rival promotion that is giving you comparable caliber fighters, people will watch it. And if you have a guy like Conor McGregor behind it who could sell anything to anyone, People will watch it, and I believe in Conor McGregor. I believe in his ability to get what he wants, to do what he says he wants to do. If he wants to start his own promotion, I think it will be successful, and I think it could very well compete with UFC. Um, uh, anything else you have to say about Conor and Floyd? Do, who do you think wins? Do, do you think there's any chance Floyd wins that match? I'm not making any decisions on that. <laughs> they're, they're my two favorite fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I'm leaving that open. I'm not even thinking to decide on that. I don't even know if I now that I think about. It, I don't even know if I really want to watch that fight. Like, <laughs> do you, maybe it's, do you have somebody who you're pulling for if that fight happens? 
uh, I, I can't choose. I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't be able to choose. I would just, that's one of the, I mean, it's, it's, it's very, you know what I mean? It's one of those fights where it's like I have two of my favorite people fighting. So it's mm-hmm. just like I, I just kind of have to sit back and see how it plays out. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to have to, if this fight does happen, we will definitely be recording an episode of The Perfect Edge. And I will need you to make a prediction on that fight when and if it does happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. I'll give you that much. Yeah, I think as it stands right now, I would say I'm leaning heavily. Like, I have no doubt Floyd wins. But I would be rooting for Connor because I think it would be a great story. Um, but, yes, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. There's no need to get into it now. So, Well, I will say this. Mm-hmm. If, if it's... It all depends on what they're going to allow. If they're going to allow Connor full MMA uh, extension, then I think it's going to be hard. I mean, it's hard. It's easy to duck hands. It's a little bit harder to duck feet, um, especially when they're coming to your face because it's it's more it's more things to get hit with. Um, as far and if it's straight up boxing, I'm going to have to lean to Floyd because it's just you know it's it's hard to talk him. It's hard to touch him. So. Yeah, that that's, will get that's his art form. That's his canvas that he paints on. Uh, I don't see. We've never seen anybody really get to him, and I don't see how Connor would be the first one to do so. Um, now, without further ado, we've been waiting for this for a while. Donovan, the low down Lloyd, the face of the heel. I said it right this time. The mouth of the bout. The whole effing podcast. His ten favorite wrestlers of all time. So who? Are you going to count down from ten, or are you going to go one starting at one? Uh, they're not in order. Okay, so think. these are just your ten favorites. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. These are just my ten favorites. Period. Okay. All right. So, number one, we have Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. Everyone yeah. knows this. <laughs> uh, number two, Scott Hall. Okay. Uh, AKA Razor Ramon. Yes. No surprises there. We all know this. <laughs> number three, who I've had to apologize recently. Is the stinger okay? Now Did he accept no that apology. By the way, yes, he he's gladly forgiven me and everything. <laughs> all is well in the world. He's Good. also Glad forgiven South Rollins. All is well in the world. <laughs> Good. All right. So number four, Owen Hart. Okay. Other good choice. Number five, Mister Perfect. All right. Number six, Rob Van Dam. Okay. Number seven. P.D. Williams. Wow. Number eight, Eddie Guerrero. Uh Uh-huh. Number nine, and regardless of what he did, Mm -hmm. he's number nine, Chris Benoit. Okay, can't fault you for that. Number ten, Billy Kidman. Okay, that's a good one, too. And a a guy who I don't think... Gets as much recognition as he deserves. I feel like it's unfortunate. He's like one of those forgotten guys. Is that just my imagination, or does it seem like he's been forgotten by a lot of people? No, he has been forgotten, but that's because pretty much, I guess, the way that he went out, which I don't have full backstory on, mm-hmm. but you know, he kind of like faded out of the picture of wrestling to my, to, at least to me, anyway. So, yeah, he was one of very few guys that I could tolerate seeing on WCW during the Monday Monday Night Wars. It was Jericho was by far my favorite guy on WCW. He was the only guy I was going out of my way to see. But if, if Kidman had a match, I wanted to watch it. 
if Eddie had a match, I wanted to watch it. Um, same with Benoit. Benoit was incredible. So if he had a match, I wanted to watch it. Outside of that, there was nobody I really could tolerate too much on WCW. So I'm glad that you put Billy Kidman in there. What? That might have been the first Billy Kidman shout-out we've, we've had on Matt Madness, other than throwback shows when we had to talk about him. Well, you know, Billy, uh, there's many ways that... Uh, you know, thank me if you have any merchandise or merchandise that you have out there, you can just send that to me, you know, so, you know, yeah. I would love to see you so. come back on this show next time with some, some Billy Kidman merch. Yeah. If you have anything from the flock era, when you were at the flock, that'd be dope too. So, you know, <laughs> just putting that out there, Billy. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's your boy. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we could uh, give you a chance to voice your fandom for Billy Kidman. Hopefully it ends up in you getting some some gifts from Billy himself. Uh, before we go, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Uh, just want to you know uh, say that you know we're uh, Matt Manis uh, umbrella is building. You know mm-hmm. we got the perfect edge. We have the you know Matt Manis show itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have unsanctioned. We have uh, false count anywhere. Um, I think this is uh, organically building to be uh, a dope umbrella podcast. And, you know, let's just uh, keep it all going. And uh, we got uh, Icons of Wrestling and House of Hardcore uh, two weeks. House of Hardcore in two weeks. Um, so, uh, you know, that'll be something dope. We'll, we'll all be there if you're listening. So if you're there, come how about us. And, uh, yeah. Two weeks. It is crazy how fast House of Hardcore is coming up. Like, I didn't realize it was only two weeks away. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, yes, uh, we are thankful to people like you, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, for being a part of the Matt Madness family. Obviously, I hope people are going to be listening to this show. If you are listening to this show, please take a minute to, well, more than a minute, but take some time to check out the new Falls Count Anywhere podcast hosted by our good friends Derek McCauley and Russ D'Agostino. Uh, it's great to have them on board. It's great to have you on board. Like you said, it's a lot of fun watching this grow. We've been at it for a little over a year, and we're a lot better off now than we were when we started. And this time next year, we'll be even better off then than we are now. So with that being said, uh, for the face of the heel, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, I am Ron Pashery. Top guys out. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you next time. Talking all the day, hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.